It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go, coming to you live from high above rinkside at Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here. You there, Lindsey Brown, on the other side of the glass back in Vegas, getting you set for a Silver Knights weekend in, uh, well, I say weekend. What day is it? It's Wednesday. We've reached that point of the season, folks. I don't know what day it is. A week in Calgary. We'll play Wednesday and Friday. The Silver Knights will at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome against the first place Calgary Wranglers as the Silver Knights are uh, pretty much on the edge of what you could say is the is the Silver Knights' last stand, trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, it is a very narrow corridor with which they can do so, which is basically to say the Silver Knights are going to have to win out. They're going to have to win out and get some help as the HSK have eight games left on the schedule, five of them on the road, two of them here at the Saddle Dome. Uh, and right now, Heading into this week, the Silver Knights sit 11 points back of the Tucson Roadrunners. Tucson Roadrunners, uh, San Jose Barracuda, and Silver Knights all vying for that seventh playoff spot. Uh, Bakersfield in sixth. They're uh, not too. F- they're only two points ahead of Tucson as well. So, uh, an opportunity for Bakersfield and Tucson in that six-seven spot. They could. Uh, toggle back and forth, but for the Silver Knights, uh, trying to get to that seven spot with eight games left, the maximum number of points the Silver Knights can uh, collect uh, if they're able to to win out over their final eight would be 69 points. That's what the Silver Knights would finish with if they win their remaining eight games. Uh, So 69 points is the best they can do. Right now, the seventh place Roadrunners are at 64 points. The Bakersfield Condors are at 66 points. So not a lot of wiggle room between the points the Silver Knights can afford to, to give away uh, and the points they can afford to see the Roadrunners and Condors pick up. Basically, it's, it's a five-point gap. Uh, five points lost by Henderson or gained by Tucson uh, could be the difference. So Silver Knights can't worry about that. They can only worry about their own uh, performance, and that's what we've heard a lot from Manny Viveros and from players. All they can control is their own game. All they can control... Uh, is is uh, the the one day at a time, and Manny Viveros has said over and over again what he expects to see from his group is no quit, a no quit mentality. Uh, and for the HSK, we've we've certainly seen uh, energy and output over the course of the last handful of games. They've won two of their last three, despite the loss uh, in Coachella Valley on Saturday, uh, a, a game that was really. Uh, Feisty would be the the tame way of describing it. Uh, the more specific way of describing it, a 7-3 loss uh, in Coachella, is that it was the most penalized game for the Silver Knights this season on both sides of the ledger, both for themselves and for the Firebirds across the way. Silver Knights with 68 minutes in penalties on Saturday night. The Firebirds with 58 for themselves. And just to take you through the final five minutes, the final five minutes of the third period. Brennan Brisson was given a game misconduct for a continuing altercation. Jermaine Lowen was given a game misconduct for a continuing altercation. Ian McKinnon was given a 10-minute uh, misconduct for a continuing altercation. Eddie Whitco for Coachella instigating, fighting, and a 10-minute misconduct. Uh, Kyle Marino in the final minute and a half cross-checking and a game misconduct or uh, a 10-minute misconduct for a continuing alteration. Basically, which is to say we saw six players 
thrown out of the game in the final five minutes of the contest on Saturday. So uh, we see a, a feistiness from uh, the Silver Knights. I'm sure some frustration, too, as the Silver Knights understand where they are mathematically. But uh, at the same time, there's the stick your heel on the ground and, and be a tough out and, and make every team battle for every point as other teams are trying to uh, figure out their playoff seating, not just the Silver Knights trying to stay alive, but for teams that are comfortably in playoff position, they're still trying to battle for home ice in the first round. Uh, make sure that you're a tough out, and we saw that from the Silver Knights. And also I think we saw from the Firebirds, despite a 7-3 win for them, they had lost to the Silver Knights the night before uh, in almost equal fashion, a 7-4 win for the Silver Knights at the DLC. You know, the Silver Knights have played the Firebirds very tough this year. The Silver Knights have played the Calgary Wranglers extremely tough this year. Silver Knights have won five of the six meetings between these two teams. So when you see a, a Wranglers team tonight that is trying to sew up the number one seed in the Western Conference and a first-round buy, a, a buy of the three-game play-in round, these are points that the Wranglers very much want to have. And it's a Wranglers team that certainly has shown its frustration in this season series already that they can't figure out the HSK. Silver Knights have handed the Wranglers five of their 19 losses this season. They've had more trouble with the Silver Knights than with anybody else. So don't be surprised at all if you see a Calgary Wranglers team that comes out tonight guns a-blazing, looking to, to make a statement and to, and to in their minds, uh, rectify the... Uh, re rectify their, their mentality and, and their their rhythm against the Silver Knights uh, in what are going to be two important games at the Saddle Dome this week. So uh, that's a lot to set up, but for the Silver Knights, all they can do is try to find ways to win. We're going to talk about the Gage Quinney, Zachary Mann, and Sheldon Rempel line, which has been the driving force offensively for the Silver Knights over their last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to hear from Gage Quinney, who was named the AHL's Player of the Week last week. Uh, and, and ironically, he was named the Player of the Week Sometimes, again, a week is a week, so sometimes the calendar just falls that uh, the more impressive or the less impressive stat lines are included. Gage Quinney had six points in two games, and that's what got him player of the week. If you extended the week to eight days, he would have had ten points in three games. So they, he wins player of the week, and that's while excluding one of the more impressive outings he's had during these last uh, few these last few games. So uh, we'll hear from Gage Quinney as well. Uh, and then just do our general look around the AHL playoff picture. Again, how these races are shaping up and how the uh, VGK races are shaping up as well with some NA, uh, some HSK support, uh, which only increases today with the news of Braden Pahal being recalled. That went out about uh, a half hour ago. Braden Pahal has been recalled to the VGK uh, in light of the Shea Theodore injury that Bruce Cassidy said hopefully is going to be a short-term uh, issue, but for now, the Silver Knights without Braden Pahal, uh, which again is going to be a significant uh, loss on the back end for the Silver Knights as they try to keep their season going. Well, as we talk about the offensive output for the Silver Knights, again, so much of it has come from the likes of Zachary Mannon and Gage Quinney and Sheldon Rempel. That has without question been the Silver Knights' best line, nearly unstoppable, and rather than try to describe it to you in line-by-line uh, -line box score detail, I might as well just let you listen to it. Maybe. I don't know. I'd like to let you listen to it. We have sound for you to listen to it. But we also have a little bit of an uncooperative studio, I think, as well. Yeah, sorry about that, Brian. Uh, it's not responsive, <laughs> so I'm going to get on that. 
that's that's okay. We are in the middle of uh, of some movement uh, in the uh, on the other side of the glass. Some renovations in the studio, some upgrades, some updates, uh, and sometimes that means that the buttons that we uh, the buttons that know us, the buttons that know to come through for us, uh, they betray us. So while Lindsay tries to see if we can regather that, I will give you the box score line by line of what the trio of Gage, Quinney, Zachary Manon, and Sheldon Rempel has looked like, uh, and it's looked pretty darn good without question for the Silver Knights over the course of the last three games. Uh, for Gage, Quinney, we'll start with him because, again, player of the week honors for Quinney. Uh, Ten points in his last three games. He had back-to-back four-point performances uh, on uh, last Saturday against the Bakersfield, well, I shouldn't say last Saturday, two Saturdays ago, if you will, March the 18th, uh, four assists against the Condors, and then followed it up with two goals and two helpers against the Coachella Valley Firebirds in that next game. In the first uh, 283 games, 283 games of Gage Quinney's career, he had one four-point game. This past week he had two back-to-back and then, added to it with two assists in uh, Palm Desert on uh, this past Saturday. So 10 points in the last three games for Gage Quinney. Over the course of that three-game stretch, also a plus-eight rating. Uh, and, and what's been so encouraging, I think, for the Silver Knights is that not only is Gage Quinney putting up numbers, but it's not as though he's putting up numbers and just keeping everyone around him afloat. Uh, there are portions of this season where certainly Gage Quinney has offensively put the Silver Knights on his back. This hasn't just been that. This has been he's having success because the other players on his line are having significant success. And with Quinney's 10 points, uh, the main benefactor has been Zachary Mananen, who has a three-game goal-scoring streak coming into tonight's game in Calgary. Six goals and seven points over the last three games. He never had a multi-goal game in the AHL, and this, of course, is his first AHL season. Uh, But then again, in those last three games, a two-goal game against the Condors, the first and only hat-trick for a Silver Knight this season against the Firebirds on the 24th, and then a goal and a helper in Coachella Valley last weekend. So seven points in the last three games for Zachary Manin, six goals in that three-game stretch. Prior to these three games, Manin had just one goal in his previous 19 games, uh, Manny Vivero is talking a lot about Zachary Mannon's uh, playmaking ability, but they're happy to see him shooting more. And again, hopefully we'll hear uh, that from Manny Viveros uh, himself in just a little bit. Uh, but then the final man on that line who's been solid is Sheldon Rempel. Less, uh, less gaudy his stats from the last three games than his two counterparts, which again, those are otherworldly stats for Mannon and but Rempel with a goal and five points in his last three games, a plus-six rating in that three-game stretch as well. That has without question been the Silver Knights' best line. And now the Silver Knights returning to Calgary. Uh, we can keep an eye on what Sheldon Rempel's capable of there as well because in the two games here at Saddledome where uh, Sheldon Rempel is a Calgary native, he had friends and family galore here to watch him when these two teams met back in late February and he was the Silver Knights' best player in this building for that back-to-back set. Three goals and six points in the two games against the Wranglers. So let's keep an eye on Quinny, Rempel, and Manninen to see if they can do more things that sound like this. Zone pulls up. Quinney waiting for help. Has cross. Bischoff scores. 
Jake Bischoff, a one-timer from the right circle, a short-handed goal gets the Silver Knights on the board. Right circle, Jamel Smith, to download the deflection score. Jamel Smith, the setup, Zachary Bannon on the back post with the redirect. It's a power play goal, we're tied at two. Penalty upcoming, Bannon, a shot, he scores. On the delayed call, a pass found its way to the front, and Zachary Bannon pounded it through Rodriguez. Zachary Maninen has his second of the night. You know, a turnover's a two-on-one the other way. Quinney gets for Maninen. Maninen, shot, he scores! Zachary Maninen, 16 seconds in, gives the Silver Knights a one-nothing lead. Silver Knights back in on the right wing. Maninen, right circle, down low for Quinney. Back in front, Maninen scores! The Silver Knights have a two-to-one lead, and Gage Quinney has 200 points in the American Hockey League. Silver Knights off to the races again, left wing, Quinney and fires and scores! Gage Quinney on the two-on-one rush, goes upstairs on Gibson, he's got a three-point night, and the Silver Knights have a three-to-one lead. Puck right to the front again by Rebola, backhander, Manon scores! Silver Knights just kept funneling it to the front, and Zachary Maninen with the hot hand. He beats Drieger. That's his sixth goal in the last three games. His sixth goal in the last five periods. Rempel has it near side. Sheldon Rempel looking towards the net. Wrist shot scores! Sheldon Rempel from the top of the left circle snaps it through traffic and past the blocker of Drieger. The Silver Knights answer right back. And well, if you ask me, that's just a... That's a point well made because the headline has been unstoppable with the Midas touch over the last few games. And again, those are the players you would most rely on in a game like this against a Calgary Wranglers team that is the number one defensive team in the American Hockey League. Uh, you know you're going to need more from that line again tonight. Also for the Silver Knights, we'll hold specifics until the pregame show tonight because I don't have the specifics just yet, and I would not want to speculate in this forum. But Silver Knights uh, look like they're a little bit banged up still and probably going to be missing a couple of uh, important names tonight. Uh, Jamel Smith missed uh, the last game with an upper body injury. He still may be working through that. So all the more reason that uh, one of your most intact lines and most productive lines uh, the Silver Knights will rely on heavily once again in a building that they've done well this season and against an organization that they've done very well over the last uh, two seasons, the Calgary Flames AHL affiliate, now the Wranglers last year at the Stockton Heat. Uh, Silver Knights have been very, very successful in this uh, all-time season series, if you will. Silver Knights 4-1-1 one one all-time on the road against the Stockton Heat slash Calgary Wranglers. Uh, and the Silver Knights, one of only two teams this season to win back-to-back -back games in this building on the road. They joined the Coachella Valley Firebirds, who did it the opening weekend of the season. So this is a Wranglers team that doesn't stumble often. When they do, they don't stumble repetitively, but they've had a very uh, difficult time with the HSK. Other than that, though, they've been doing pretty darn good overall. The Wranglers have won four straight home games since the Silver Knights were last here, and they are 8-0-1 over their last nine as they look to outrun the Coachella Valley Firebirds for the top spot in the Pacific. Well, Manny Viveros, if he's going to rely on Zachary Manin, Gage Quinney, and Sheldon Rempel, uh, he likes what he's seen from the chemistry of that trio, but he's also talked about some of the 
change in mindset from Zachary Manninen. This was over the weekend. This was prior to the Saturday loss in Palm Desert, but the point remains. Here's Manny Viveros talking about the adjustments that Zachary Manninen has made to his mindset and also how his team is approaching this uh, final stretch to the regular season where they are doing their best to stay alive, but knowing that the math is currently not in their favor. Here's what Manny Viveros said over the weekend. Yeah, good for him to see him start finishing some of those chances. He's had some really good looks this year, and we've always been trying to get him to. Uh, you know, Manny's more of a um, he's more of a pass first guy, but uh, we, you know we've been trying to get him uh, you know to shoot the puck more. And then uh, once he starts shooting the puck more and start scoring like doing, now they have to maybe open up some more of those those passing uh, opportunities that he'll have also too. So good to see him finish, and that that line has some chemistry right now, and I, I like the way they're going. Well, great for the guy's development, playing the pressure in those situations that you have to win a game. And, uh, you know, our, the mentality of our group is that this group never quits. Um, so, you know, that's something we'll, we'll, we'll compete to the last uh, last uh, second of the season here. So um, I, I, I think this is something that, you know, it's still part of the development of these guys is understanding that, that you know we have to win so deal with it deal with the pressure that we have to win and do what we do have to do necessary to win those games whether it's preparation uh, we got a tough game tomorrow night in Palm Springs against these guys so a long trip you know do whatever we got to do to make sure that we're ready to go tomorrow and, and, and grab another two points here so it's uh, you know I said earlier these guys these guys don't quit they never do and that was Manny Viveros. And again, the importance of, of not quitting. And again, if it's going to be a last stand mentality and they're treated as such, that has uh, value. But, but I'll tell you what else is, is important. If this is going to be a season where the Silver Knights don't play playoff hockey, if, if that's the way it shakes out, it's still a development ground. The American Hockey League is a development ground. Every time you're playing hockey, you're giving a chance to show that you can be better to, to uh, management and to utilize the opportunities within that game uh, to, to grow. With that said, you know, there's a reason why this the American Hockey League playoff picture expanded in recent years to 23 teams, and, and well, multiple reasons. But one of them is that hockey operations across the league, teams wanted to see their players playing more games, and playing meaningful games. They wanted to see their they wanted their players to have playoff experience, play in desperate situations, play in high stakes situations, and how would their players handle it? And also again just to just to have done it. Just to have done it for the uh their, their growth down the road that their players will have played in that kind of demanding setting and uh you know, pressure makes uh, makes diamonds. With that said, if you're not going to be playing in the playoffs, that's unfortunate. But right now you're playing in a situation as the Silver Knights, again, trying to keep keep their season alive. This is desperate hockey now. This is playoff hockey now. And with that, Manny Viveros has said, we've been playing with a playoff mentality for a month, trying to approach every single game with a must-win mentality. So whatever happens for the Silver Knights in a couple of weeks, they can focus on right now. Yes, the no-quit mentality, but on top of that, the value in treat this like your playoff game. Treat this like your desperation time. Treat this like your must-win hockey. How are you going to produce? How are you going to step up? How are you going to separate yourself from other prospects in the organization uh, to, to show that there's not only lessons being learned now, but that you are playing top-notch hockey despite the scenario you find yourself in. That's going to be valuable for these players. 
and that's what's going to keep the pedal to the floor uh, over these final couple of weeks. Silver Knights and Calgary Wranglers drop the puck at 6 p.m. Pacific time this evening, and you can follow along as always on AHL TV, where all Silver Knights games, home and away, can be caught down the final stretch. AHL TV running great deals throughout the end of the season, so you don't have to miss a minute of Silver Knights hockey. Log on to AHLTV.com and get your subscription today, AHLTV.com. We'll step out when we come back. We'll hear from the reigning AHL Player of the Week and Silver Knights veteran Gage Quinney what his thoughts are for the Silver Knights' current status and for his own current uh, recent production. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you from the Saddle Dome on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is HSK Today. Back in the Saddle Dome, Brian McCormick here with you on HSK Today. Henderson Silver Knights will battle the Calgary Wranglers tonight and Friday night. Or I should say Friday afternoon, excuse me. That'll be a noon Pacific time puck drop here at the Saddle Dome. Uh, and for the Silver Knights, they've got to win out. Uh, and again, it's going to be a very, very tall order because not only do they need to win out to make the playoffs, uh, essentially, they don't have to mathematically exactly. Well, I'd have to look back and see if they do. See, the, the interesting thing with the makeup of the American Hockey League and the particularly the, the Pacific Division, how everyone has such a divisional-heavy schedule. Now, not everybody. The uh, Canadian teams, Abbotsford and Calgary, play a little bit more of a uh, varied schedule. They play Manitoba a decent amount of times. Um, some, some teams have had more Central Division crossover in their calendars than the Silver Knights have had. Silver Knights have had an exclusively... Pacific Division schedule this season. They've not seen anyone from any other division. But even other teams that do have some crossover, it's still, of course, going to be predominantly uh, in division. Now, the part of that that can be helpful for the Silver Knights, and this is really turning the time machine back a little bit. Uh, again, we're, we're kind of at the point where it's late enough that now numbers are just numbers. But what the Silver Knights hoped was, was going to benefit them a few weeks back was the thought that, okay, well, if you're playing all the games in division, then every game's a four-point game. You can make up those gaps quicker if you win. It relies on you winning, but there's more opportunity to to make up big chunks in the standings. Now, while that still does remain the case, particularly when the Silver Knights play Bakersfield uh, in the weeks to come, Silver Knights have uh, a lot of hockey against the Condors left over these final eight games. Um but when you're trying to chase down a team, the problem is if they play other teams that you're also chasing, like when Tucson and Bakersfield play one another, when the Barracuda play Bakersfield or, or, or Tucson, like somebody's got to win, right? So you're not going to have the benefit of, okay, we need to win all our games. We need the teams we're chasing to lose all their games. Well, when those teams are playing each other, you're not going to get that help. Somebody's going to hurt you. Um, and that's going to factor in for the Silver Knights uh, as well over these final two weeks. But it doesn't change the fact all the Silver Knights can do is win all their games uh, and hope that everything shakes out. Again, right now the most they can uh, earn by winning the rest of their games would be 69 points in the season, uh, and that's five more than what Tucson has right now. So there's not a lot of uh, wiggle room there. But uh, for the Silver Knights, 
it's going to be important that they continue to uh, put their best foot forward. And in addition to trying to win as many hockey games as they can, take lessons from these final weeks as well uh, and use it for development progress. And we talked with the reigning AHL Player of the Week earlier today, Gage Quinney, who not only has he been putting his best foot forward, but his thoughts as a veteran player in the American Hockey League of what the value of these closing weeks are. Here's what Gage Quinney had to say earlier today. With Gage Quinney, the reigning AHL Player of the Week. Uh, first of all, Gage, congratulations. Uh, and second of all, you're a player who's been in the league for a couple of years now. Do uh, accolades like this still mean something significant to you, or as you get older, is there more uh, perspective to it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's still um, pretty cool just to be named that and stuff. But, yeah, I guess, I guess you still do enjoy it even when you get older. But, yeah, it was cool. I know you're one to usually uh, deflect personal accolades and put attention on others, so I'll give you the chance to do that. One of the reasons why you've had such a good run of late is that your entire line's had such a good run of late, Zachary Mann and Sheldon Rempel. What's clicking for you guys now? You guys have all had pretty good seasons, but it's been really good the last few games. Um, yeah, we're all skilled players. I think it's just our compete to want the puck every time. Um, there's no set F1 on the four check, stuff like that. We all play well together all chase after it, want to get it, want to have it, and then make plays when we do get it. Manny Viveros has mentioned that for, for Zachary Manon, and he's, he's a good passer, he's a good playmaker. That's what he's tried to be most of the season. They've been trying to tell him, shoot more, shoot more. Well, he's got six goals in the last three games. It looks like he's trying to take that advice. Do you guys talk about on the line, too, of, of who's going to be who's gonna be shooting? You're going to shoot when you have an opportunity, but do you encourage each other to, to open up those avenues of your games? Yeah, I mean, we always just say if the shot's there, just take it. Um, you don't really want to pass up a scoring chance for to not get a shot on net, but um, I think we all know better, and I think that's been the main thing of why we've been clicking lately is just a little more shot mentality, and then when you keep shooting, then the pass will open up eventually. Well, Gage Quinney, is it rare for a line that everyone's clicking this way at the same time? I fear sometimes one player's game will elevate others around them, but all three of you right now are really playing your best hockey of the season, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, we're still trying to make a playoff push, so we need to bring it every night, and um, so far we've been doing that. We're with Gage Quinney. Uh, Gage, Jamie Heward is also joining us, but he doesn't have anything to say, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to dump it in and try to get puss back and don't move across and we're with Gage Quinney. Uh, Gage, you had back-to-back four-point games last weekend as well. For yourself, to, to break that 200-point plateau, is that a significant milestone for you? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, consider myself a skill a skill guy, so I guess that's pretty neat to, to see where I'm at. So, Is it hard to do interviews with me when Jamie Heward is chirping from the sideline? Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's, it's tough. I tried, anytime I want to interview Huey, he, he has nothing to say. He just wants to interfere with your time. Uh, you know, Gage, we talk about the playoff push for you guys right now. It is a bit of a narrow mathematical corridor, but how do you guys day-to-day maintain that, that compete level, that, uh, that motivation? Um, I think it's just knowing that just even when you win out, there's still other people watching, and um, you're almost playing for next year then once if you get eliminated and stuff like that. We're not at that point yet, but we know that we have to win, win out basically. So um, I think everyone's so competitive that we we know we still have a chance. Winning out is going to mean you guys are going to need a big weekend uh, or a big week here in Calgary. You guys have 
not only played well here at the Saddledome this year, but traditionally just played very well against Calgary slash Stockton. What do you guys do against this team in particular that uh, gives you guys success? I just think it's our attention to detail against them. Um, they're the best team in our division, so I think we know that if we don't bring our best, they might run us right out of the building. So I just think we're we're more focused, and like I said, our details against them have been unbelievable this year even more narrow than that when we talk about you guys doing well against the Flames affiliate over the course of two seasons. You guys have done exceptionally well against Dustin Wolf, and you're really the only team that consistently does well against Dustin Wolf Over the last two seasons, you guys are 8-1-0 against the player who's arguably going to be the goaltender of the year for the second straight season. Is there something you guys do particularly well against him? Uh, I just think it's put bodies in front of him and make him uncomfortable. He's a smaller goalie, but he's quick, but... Um... We have some big bodies, so when they're in front of them, I think it makes them uncomfortable, and then just having a shot mindset against them, and um, so far it's worked this year. We're with Gage Quinney. When you guys play the Calgary Wranglers, that means you're going to see Ben Jones across the way, Oscar Dance across the way, guys you know well. Is there a lot of conversation in between the whistles, or you guys kind of leave it till afterwards? No, usually it's till afterwards. Um, we're all competitors, and then once we're on the ice, it's you have no friends. So, But right after that second game, usually you talk to them, and it's like nothing happens, so... Do, do you so you don't plan anything ahead of time like there's nothing you can say that would get Ben Jones off his game no no <laughs> we're with Gage Quinney uh Gage when you talk about playing in, when we talk about playing in Calgary a player who's from Calgary is Sheldon Rempel last time he was here he had a really good couple of games in front of family and friends when a player like that is on your line do you have to do you want to get him the puck more in these those kind of circumstances do you have to convince yourself not to force the puck to Sheldon Rempel in, uh, when, when, or a player who's playing in front of family and friends? Yeah, I mean, he's a really special player. Um, super skilled and just very tenacious on the puck. And I think last time he was here, he just definitely wanted to put on a show for his family. He did that. I'm excited to see what he's got in store for us uh, these two games. Gage, before we let you go, we've talked about it throughout the season, but last year, the year before seasons where you were dealing with injury, dealing with illness, not 100% yourself. This year, you've set career highs in pretty much every single statistical category. How would you kind of summarize the not just how you've played this year, but, but how you feel about your game uh, with a, a year where you've been closer to 100%? Um, I guess I'm just like pretty lucky. I mean, Todd and Conks helped me when I was really sick to get back to where I needed to be physically and then um, to have the coaching staff here just put me in the positions um, I used to be in before all the sickness happened and stuff like that and just be able to play hockey again and be back. Um, I always knew I could be a uh, big point guy and um, just thankful for all those guys. Well, the numbers back it up. Gage, your player of the week, did, did uh, you get any congratulations in the locker room or do you have to have money on the board or did the guys completely ignore it and not let you get too, uh, too ahead of yourself? How would they handle that? Uh, I'll probably have to put money on the board so it's not going to be... Not going to be that enjoyable. I'm sorry to hear that. I'll keep, I'll try to keep it down. Gage, appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you. And, and that was Gage Quinney, who, uh, again, not only the player of the week, but got his 200th AHL point uh, over the weekend against the Firebirds. And, you know, don't look now, but there's there, there's more milestones on the horizon with a chance to reach them. Gage Quinney, five goals short of 100 for his AHL career. Uh, and for Quinney, eight games left to get those five goals if he can find a way but you know you heard him mention the money on the board thing at the end i think most of our audience are probably familiar with it but usually when players have a very uh, significant positive a significant good in their lives uh could you usually on the ice whether it's a milestone or something of that nature but it could be 
It could be anything. Hey, you, you know, you're, you're having your first kid or you just got engaged or whatever. Great. And that player will put money up on the board. And if the team wins, then the money that was posted will go towards either the, the team fund or some charitable cause, what have you. Sometimes it'll go towards uh, the, the training staff as a thank you for the work that they do. That's what money on the board is. So usually, again, when a player has something good happen, like become player of the week, it's usually expected the player will put a couple of bucks up on the board. So that's what it sounded like H. Quinney was going to do. I actually remember, I, it's a very weird, uh, caught in between a rock and a hard play situation for me. Not that everything's about me, but uh, I'm the one who has to usually track these milestones and make sure that you're all aware of these milestones. And I remember during the inaugural Silver Knight season, Patrick Brown was playing, I think it was his 400th AHL game. I think that's what the milestone was. And I went down and I said, hey, Patrick, number 400 today, congratulations. He goes, shh, don't, don't say that. And then three guys came out into the hallway and said, 400, eh, Brownie? All right, 400, money on the board. He's like, Brian, you just cost me money. So I've got to be very careful when I bring these things up. Uh, but that's why I say them into a microphone over the airwaves for, for all of you. So I think I think the secret's going to get out. Uh, but <laughs> no question, Gage Quinney is having just a, a terrific season, a career high in goals, assists, points, power play goals. And as you heard us discuss, and again, this has been uh, talked about uh, extensively as well, Gage Quinney has not been healthy really the last two seasons. He's been battling uh, long COVID, or he had been, pardon me, the last two seasons. Long COVID for stretches, uh, a series of, of nagging injuries that slowed him down a bit, uh, and still put up great numbers. Even this year, there's been times when he's been banged up, which every player is going to go through instances of being dinged up. Uh, and he'd come out of the lineup for two games. He'd go back in the lineup for three games, score three goals, come out for a game, go back in, score two goals. When Gage Quinney has played, he has been terrific, and this season he has been much, much closer to 100%. Uh, those past ailments have been put in the rearview mirror, fortunately for him. Um, and, and this was a year for Gage Quinney. We say the same thing about Jake Bischoff. It's a season on AHL deal because he had those maladies in the last two years where it was an investment of, okay, hey, let's get you healthy, let's get you back to 100%, and let's see what you can do. Uh, and, and, boy, has Gage Quinney just done a tremendous job with that uh, circumstance that opportunity to prove himself he certainly has uh, as currently heading into tonight's action Gage Quinney is tied for the team lead with 52 points 23 goals nine power play goals uh, just a really good campaign for Gage Quinney uh, in his third season with the HSK well Silver Knights fans Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions World-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the Society, you'll have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things. Join for free today by visiting FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. We'll hop out when we come back. We'll uh, just touch on again, Braden Pahal has been recalled and what the uh, ramifications of that will be for both the VGK and the HSK. We will discuss, and we'll just take a look at the playoff picture, AHL and NHL. Some fun races shaping up, and for that reason, some good games on the calendar. It's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. On this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick.
Well, despite the deportation to Canada, I, I did make it into Canada. I am here. We are in Calgary getting ready for the Silver Knights and the Calgary Wranglers tonight and also on Friday afternoon. You know, you might have heard during our talk with Gage Quinney just talking about the success the Silver Knights have had against Dustin Wolf. Now, Dustin Wolf was last year's AHL Goaltender of the Year. He's probably the leader in the clubhouse to, to win the award again as he is uh, lead, he leads the American Hockey League in wins and save percentage, and he led the AHL in goals against average last night. He's now dropped to second, but he's right there. He might win the goaltending triple crown in the AHL uh, this season. But he has just had a world of trouble with the HSK. Silver Knights 8-1-0 and against uh, Dustin Wolf this uh, in all time, the last two seasons combined. And and for that reason, perhaps, I don't, not to get inside of... Uh, Wranglers head coach Mitch Love's head, that's not fair. I don't know the man, but I would guess that there might be something to the fact that Dustin Wolf, who has appeared in 50 games this season, 50, so they're not putting him on the shelf for the sake of resting him all that often. They like to give him a heavy workload, and I, he seems to enjoy a heavy workload. But he's only faced the Silver Knights twice this season. Uh, the Silver Knights have seen Oscar Dansk uh, twice, uh and they've also seen uh, a goaltender who had practically no AHL experience uh, earlier this season in this building. And, and to be honest with you, folks, I apologize. It's it's kind of escaping me right now who that third goalie in the rotation was. He's not with them currently. It uh, Chechilev, Daniel Chechilev. Uh, please play two games this season. One of them was against the HSK uh, in this building. So, you know, Mitch Love will go to Dustin Wolf any day of the week, but I do wonder if he's just aware of, you know, again, some teams you just have a hard time against or have your number or what have you. Dustin Wolf has uh, earned one victory in nine career starts against the Silver Knights, and it has just seemed like uh, there's been an effort to, to keep him away from the HSK a little bit uh, this season. Uh, we'll wait and see right now currently on this uh, Calgary roster, the goaltenders for the Wranglers uh, include Oscar Dansk, former Silver Knight uh, and Golden Knight, Dustin Wolf, and uh, Matt Radomski is the third goaltender currently up with Calgary. So we'll see who we see tonight, but uh, certainly Dustin Wolf uh, is going to be a first-team All-Star and likely goaltender of the year, but that has not meant automatic success against the Silver Knights. When we talk about transactions, there's been one today. Silver Knights captain Braden Pahal was recalled to the Golden Knights and I believe ex expected to travel with them uh, to San Jose. So with Shea Theodore's injury yesterday, Bruce Cassidy spoke to that and said that you know, they hope it's a, uh, a short-term thing. It'll be wait and see, but uh, Braden Pahal, who has been... Uh, a factor for the VGK this season. He's appeared in nine games for the Golden Knights uh, already this season and handled himself admirably. Uh, last year made his NHL debut and played in two games. This year bumped up to nine and uh, and what is to come. So certainly for Braden Pahal, this has been another year where he's shown more leadership, more stability, physicality, able to throw the big hit without putting himself uh, out of position. And I think there's a lot he does uh, that Bruce Cassidy systematically likes. So he gets the opportunity to go up. That's uh, great for Braden Pahal. It's going to be uh, important minutes for him as the Golden Knights look to uh, solidify their positioning in the postseason uh, picture. Uh, but certainly for the Silver Knights, that's going to be a, another big piece uh, missing for them. 
uh, with, <clears throat> as we mentioned, they're a little bit banged up right now. We'll see uh, specifics in tonight's pregame show with Justin Russo, but uh, that means now Leighton Ahak remains week to week uh, and not in the picture. Braden Pahal now not in the picture. Uh, and that, that's going to be a very challenging uh, departure for the Silver Knights as they look to keep their picture, uh, their, their playoff opportunity uh, alive in these final couple of weeks. So uh, we'll see when how long Braden Pahal is up, but certainly a good opportunity for him. And the Silver Knights will have to make adjustments uh, to to cope for that on the back end. As we look at the playoff picture again, we've talked about the Silver Knights, uh, what they need to do to keep themselves uh, in play for that seventh spot in the Pacific. Uh, if you look at the rest of how the, everything's shaking up, though, it's uh, kind of three tiers in the Pacific Division playoff picture. You've got Calgary at 94 points, Coachella Valley with 90 and two games in hand. So Calgary and Coachella Valley are going to be racing, duking it out, fighting each other for the final uh, for the first two spots in the Pacific. After that, your second tier, uh, basically 13 points back of those two, is Abbotsford and Colorado, both at 77 points. They're jockeying for home ice uh, in the playoffs. And then after that, you have the Ontario Bakersfield Tucson rung of the ladder. Uh, <clears throat> Ontario is 71 points, Bakersfield 66, Tucson 64, and then San Jose and Henderson behind them. So you really have uh, you know three strata of uh, of jockeying in the Pacific, uh, which is going to be very fun down the stretch. And again, drives home the point of why Calgary has been clinched for a couple of weeks, just like Coachella Valley was clinched for a couple of weeks. That doesn't take the urgency away. These are teams that want home ice in the playoffs. They want that first round by. So expect a, uh, I don't think desperate is the right term for Calgary tonight, but certainly an urgent Calgary team that wants the points needs the points, and also needs to rectify their history against the Silver Knights. Look elsewhere, fun races at the top in the Central. Texas and Milwaukee both jockeying for first. They're tied at 81 points apiece. The North is probably the most spaced out. Toronto has a 14-point lead for first in the North Division. Utica and Syracuse are battling for second. Uh, and then the Providence Bruins, who have been uh, among the best teams in the well, they've been the best team in the Eastern Conference pretty much all season. They're at the top of the Atlantic with 88 points. Hershey trying to chase them down. They're right behind. Uh, and then it gets into a, a mushy middle in the uh, Eastern Conference. So good time for playoff races in the final home stretch. Uh, and they're giving us plenty to, to root for. I'll tell you, I think this is the best time of the year. This is my favorite time of year as a sports fan because we're getting into those playoff races. We're getting uh, very near uh, the best hockey all year long. We have uh, NCAA tournament basketball going on right now. Everyone's enjoying March Madness. Baseball starts tomorrow. So, I mean, tomorrow is an excellent day to be stapled to your couch. And, you know, just the way some of these things work out sometimes, you know, sometimes the schedule just works out beautifully. I, I've had my criticisms of the way the NHL schedule is, uh, like anyone will in conversation. I think Lindsay and I have talked about this on this show, that I wish there was a little bit more divisional play. Uh, you know, so some teams see each other two times, three times, uh, well, I say three times a year, maybe you only go to one team's building once. It just seems like you wish there was more meat on that bone. But sometimes the uh, the schedule works out perfectly. And right now, you have the Islanders who have given themselves some cushion in the wild card position in the Eastern Conference uh, as they're getting a little distance between themselves and the Penguins. Um, but if you look at the games tonight and tomorrow night, there are some really good games that are either good for playoff chases or playoff previews. You have Minnesota and Colorado tonight. Uh, tonight. The Avalanche and the 
Wilder are jockeying for the top spot in the Central. Minnesota 95 points, Colorado 94 with a game in hand. And if you didn't think the West, if you thought Vegas and L.A. and Edmonton were going to decide the Western Conference in the playoffs this year, well, don't look now. Colorado's won 9 of 10, and Minnesota has points in 9 of 10. That's going to be a good one. Rangers and Devils, L.A. Kings and Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. Lots of really, really good hockey before the VGK and the San Jose Sharks drop the puck tomorrow night. So plenty for you to keep an eye on, and I encourage you do so. That's going to do it for us today on HSK Today. Special thanks to Player of the Week, Gage Quinney, for joining us to chat. Silver Knights and Calgary Wranglers in action tonight at Scotiabank Saddledome. 6 o'clock Pacific time, puck drop, 5.30 pregame with Justin Russo. That'll be right here on 12.30 the game and on AHL TV. Thank you for joining us on HSK Today. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon for our next edition here on the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network.